You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. As entrepreneurs, you know how mastering high ticket sales and premium client attraction can explode your online income and profits without multiplying your workload. My friend and client, Tanya King-Mohammed, is the go-to high-ticket sales expert for you if you want to attract high-paying clients to multiply your income with integrity. The science and strategy-backed tools from within the high-ticket method means your authority, income, and freedom skyrocket as you get paid more for the work you love. Tanya is going to be delivering her results-driven, free, high-ticket sales success sprint on February the 19th to the 22nd online. In its last round, the high-ticket sprint generated thousands in new sales, and this sprint is set to generate even bigger results. If you're ready to multiply your revenue without multiplying your workload with more consistent high-ticket clients, you need to register now. You can register by either connecting with Tanya on Instagram at Freedom with Tanya, or just go to the show notes and the links there. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we're talking about health. We talk about health a lot on this podcast, mainly because mine has been so up and down and Sam's has been up and down. And so it's something that's always at the forefront of what I'm doing. Um, One of the things that I always wish I'd listened to is when I was younger, you know, when people always say to you, you know, without your health, you have nothing. Your health is the one thing you have to protect. And I'd be a bit like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But when you get older, you sort of realize how much that was true and how much really depends on it, including your high performance. So today I'm here with Dr. Rosie Kant. So Rosie's a GP who specializes in helping ambitious women with having high performance through health. Welcome to the podcast, Rosie. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. Talk me through, I mean, you were a GP. We hear a lot about how it's the pressures in doctor's surgeries right now and people not really being able to spend the time getting a lot of the advice they need, especially women going through menopause, that kind of thing. Is that what made you decide to come out and do more of the private work with high-performance entrepreneurs? Um, Yeah, it's it's quite a long story. I've been a GP for 16 years now, and the job has changed massively over the last few years. But what's not changed is my love of my patients, really, getting to know them, hearing their story, and helping them come up with solutions to their perceived problems that they might have. But with the pressures in our system, which, you know, I don't want to get political, but we now have 10 minutes with each patient. And um, we're seeing on average between 40 to 60 patients a day. So it's exhausting. I was feeling myself, I wasn't able to give my patients what it was that they needed within that 10 minute consultation. So yes, in essence, that's why I've decided to sort of um, break out into the coaching field so I can spend time with these ladies who really need to discuss their health and, and give them a, a space, a non-judgmental, confidential space where they can feel deeply listened to, take off that mask and just get vulnerable and tell me everything that's going on in their world. And then hopefully through some generative questioning, I can help them to come up with their own solutions to, to their problems. And a lot of what I focus on, because I believe it impacts everything, is health, physical and mental health. So, yeah. 
And it definitely, we know it impacts high performance. Like when you're an entrepreneur, you're on the go all the time. You're trying to reach next levels all the time. There's a lot that can go wrong with your health when you're doing that mentally and physically. And so I think it's really, really important that people like not just try and solve issues that are there, but preventative things as well, which can really, really help. So what do you think that people need to concentrate on when it comes to high performance if they're an entrepreneur? Do you have like a system or anything like that? I do. And I just want to touch on the point about preventative medicine. I cannot stress enough how important it is to prevent illness if you can before the onset of it. Because once you've got a disease or an illness or some problem, it's quite it can be quite difficult to rectify that. If you can reset, prevent it in the first place, you're onto a winner. Um, I've developed something called the female system, which is loosely based on the pillars of lifestyle medicine. So lifestyle medicine is now a subspeciality or a speciality of medicine. Um, it's become much more recognized and it focuses on implementing lifestyle techniques to prevent, reverse and improve disease or illness. So I have a, the system, the female system and F stands for food and water. So we will Think about food, nutrition, hydration. E stands for exercise and recovery. So that is, you know, your aerobic or strength training and sleep and meditation. I will also focus on person's mental health, specifically stress for female entrepreneurs. I think it's a big one. The A stands for self-actualization, but I couldn't make the A and S. Um, <laughs> and that basically means becoming the best, best version of yourself. So there we explore like purpose. We'll get a bit more spiritual when we're talking about that. L is for limiting unhelpful behaviours. So I think we all know the obvious ones, smoking, alcohol, but, you know, social media, phone use, that's becoming a much more of a problem these days. And then E stands for enriching relationships because more and more we're understanding that the people we're surrounding ourselves with affect us not only mentally, but actually also physically as well. So loosely, those are the pillars that I follow. Obviously, everyone is very individual and I'll personalise our sessions according to what it is they need and want to speak about. But that's a general system I have going. It's really interesting that you said we get a bit more spiritual in that bit there. I think it's quite rare for a GP to be spiritual and you're quite holistic in how you do things it's not just you know take these pills it's like you look at the the whole thing overall holistically the whole body um and mind i mean i'm surprised at that like because when people talk about science and most doctors are quite scientific they don't really go into the spiritual area why have you decided to a really good question and actually i'm only just coming out of my spiritual closet i've <laughs> been interested <laughs> spirituality for a very very long time it was um I started my personal development journey maybe 15 16 years ago and 10 years ago I got a medical diploma in clinical hypnotherapy but I was actually quite embarrassed to tell my peers and my colleagues about it because it's not one of those things that's steeped in science uh, the what we call the, the nice guidelines don't really recognize it as treatment for a lot of diseases. Although interestingly now, it's becoming more recognized for treatment of IBS and other certain conditions. Yeah, so I did that. And then, I don't know, I, I really see there's a value in understanding, in understanding the body, like you said, holistically. And you can't just look at your physical health and your mental health. I think you need to understand where a person's coming from in the spiritual realm as well. 
um, if you're going to properly treat them. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I have found in my journey to health is that one of the biggest problems I had is that I would go to a specialist, like let's say my chest was hurting. I'd go to a specialist, they'd go, you need to see a heart specialist. I'd go to the heart specialist, they'd check the heart. Then they'd be like, no, it's not us. Go somewhere else. So I'd go to the lung specialist and check that. But no one checks you as a whole. And actually it could be anxiety. And mine, what some of mine was anxiety and and stress. And no one really checks those things. And so I think it is important. And I think that's where as a GP as well, you're really well placed to have that overview of a whole person. Like um, that is one of the privileges as a job. And when we used to go in and do a lot more home visits than we do now, you know, even going, the privilege of going to someone's home and seeing them in their context of their life and their house and it's like, all helps you put like a, the pieces of the puzzle together to try and figure out what's wrong. And I think, you know, with the coaching, uh, although I won't be going to people's houses, it gives me a time to really hear their story, get to know them, get to know the people they're surrounded with. It's all really important part of looking after their health. Yeah, it makes so much sense. One of the things you were talking about was like alcohol and smoking and nutrition. When it comes to things like alcohol, what is your opinion as a GP? Should we be like no alcohol ever? <laughs> say no. <laughs> oh my goodness. What am I going to say to that? Look, everyone is completely individual, right? So some people can actually drink alcohol and metabolize it quite well not feel too bad on it and still focus and it doesn't impact them in a way it might do someone else who drinks one evening and then is laid up with the worst hangover for the next two days and doesn't metabolize it well so it's hard for me to say yes everyone should abstain no what you know living life you you have to do the things that you enjoy so I'm gonna have to say it depends on the person uh, which I suppose everything does as well, because when it comes down to nutrition and things like that, I've seen different nutritionists and it, it always seems to depend on that person and how. Yeah, that, that is a problem. There's not a one size fits all kind of solution to this. So you can go on social media and be like, oh, I need to try that diet or this thing and that thing. But without understanding your background, your medical history, the context, what your life is like, you're just not sure if those, those things are going to work for you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've kind of gone through on my journey is trying things. Like I'll try one thing that somebody says and I'll try it for like two weeks and then I will give up um, and then do something else. And as a what I would class a high performer in business, I feel like I'm a high performer. When it comes to my health, I feel like I'm not so good at the high performance side and I do think it sometimes stops me from doing things you know I do I if I do things too much I don't feel stress in my head you know like I don't think oh I'm stressed right now I ought to stop how some people can feel stressed I don't really feel stressed in that way but I am a big believer that your body can feel stressed even if your head's telling you you're not and that's definitely happened to me what kind of things do you suggest to people to help with the stress side of things yeah it's really interesting that you say that you know you felt stressed but you don't feel stressed if that makes sense so there's this thing called interoception where where we become acutely aware of how our body is so a lot of people can't connect the mind and the body together there is a very big mind body connection 
And interoception is the ability to be able to tune into what your body's feeling. And um, you can strengthen that by doing things like body scans and meditations. One of the things you told me once when we were chatting was about how the connection that you can have with your body and your mind is definitely quite strong and to other people because you know how women's periods sync up I think that's amazing that that happens and I'm always like how has that happened it's like magic it's like not a real thing but it definitely does happen how can that be and it's just so interesting to me all of the way that stress can also like somebody's around you is stressful you can feel stressed and it all has an impact like the whole thing that's why one of my pillars on the system is enriching relationships and looking at those people that are around you because we really underestimate the influence that the people around us can have on us. So, yeah, like you mentioned, the menstrual cycles, crazy, isn't it? I think you mentioned that you were living with your sister or something yeah. and the menstrual cycles synced. Um, and you're right. If you're around people that feel stressed, you can feel stressed. I think there is something, and don't quote me on this, but there has been some research to show that you can actually secrete um, cortisol. So cortisol is a stress hormone. You can secrete it through your skin, and that can somehow cause stress in a person in close proximity to you. Wow. It's, um, it's fascinating. There's studies to show that, you know, if, you're, if your friend gets divorced, you're more likely to get divorced yourself in that year after their divorce. And the same goes for if your friend becomes overweight, you're more likely to put on weight. So, yeah, people around you really influence them, um, can really influence you physically, not just mentally. And so what do you do if you're in a situation where you're around, because I'm around entrepreneurs who a lot of them are stressed uh, a lot of the time, what are some things that I can be doing to make sure that I'm not feeling that stress? I think, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to lose your social connections, but as much as you can limit too much time with people that are causing you stress or making you or bringing you down, I think, if you can. I mean, the other thing are, are things like we know that eating well, eating well can improve your stress levels. Um, we know that if we eat ultra processed food, then that can have an effect on our stress and our mood. We know that exercise is great for stress. We know that meditation is good for stress, resting, time alone. And then there's all these other things you can do, like journaling. And there's just so much you can do for stress. I'm not very good at meditation. I have tried it. But my mind just goes off on one. It just goes wherever it wants. Yeah, but I think, you know, and that comes back to the point where you said that you tried something for two weeks and then you sort of gave up. Yeah. Doing anything by sheer willpower, it's really, really freaking hard to do and to keep doing. So it's about finding something that you enjoy. So if meditation's not for you, maybe it's just going out for a walk in nature. Maybe it's just um, reading a non-fiction book. Maybe it's just lying down with your eyes closed. It doesn't have to be what, you know, that kind of prescriptive meditation where all you're thinking about is, oh my God, this is so boring, or I can't do it, or I'm not sure it's meant to be feeling like this, because... It's just more stressful. <laughs> it's just more stressful, isn't it? It's pretty <laughs> One of the things you talk about a lot and you really emphasise is important is sleep. So I'm somebody that can sometimes go through periods of having about four hours sleep and functioning. I wouldn't say I'm high-functioning when I have four hours sleep. How important is it? to have like people say like eight hours and why why do I have to yeah so that sleep thing is interesting so the average and we're talking average human brain needs between seven and nine hours of sleep 
um, a night. And that's because there's a process that happens overnight that flushes out the toxins from our brain. So toxins that built up over the day through stress, through processed foods, all sorts of things. Um, and it typically takes between seven and nine hours for that flushing process to fully finish. So that's why it's recommended seven to nine hours a night. But if you came to me and you were like, but I sleep six hours a night and I'm fine. I'm not foggy headed in the next day. I don't need to nap. I can still wake up in the mornings. We go to bed at the same time every night. Then, of course, I'm not going to say to you, oh, but you need to get that extra hour in, right? How can we focus on that? Because it's working for you. And for short periods of time, if you need to have four hours of sleep and you're functioning okay, then that's fine. Um, over the long term, it might not be so great, but for short periods of time. I guess that's like with everything. You can do a lot. It's like the same with nutrition and things like that. All the effects are over long periods of time, aren't they? And that is Exactly. Most of the time, the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time you're getting a decent amount of sleep and you feel good on it, then that's fine. All right. So with all of these different things you talk about in your female system, if you had an entrepreneur that was really wanting to up-level to that next stage, what is the one thing that they should be focusing on for better high performance? You know what I'm going to say? It depends on the person, <laughs> really. It depends on where they are in their journey, what their life looks like, what's around them, you know, what what they align with, what, what values they have, what strengths they have. You know, if someone really hates exercise and they know they're not going to do it, then there's no point in us focusing too much on that initially. We might be able to get a quick win somewhere else. But I know for me personally, I know without sleep, then everything else collapses. I know that if I don't sleep well, then I make poor nutrition choices I'm less likely to move um, I'm more likely to go uh, um, go and seek unhelpful behaviors to keep me awake like coffee sugar scrolling yeah. my phone and then my relationships with those that I love sort of because I'm just generally grumpy when I'm tired that goes downhill as well so for me it's sleep but might not be the same for everyone else and you can have all this sussed and be like right I've sorted all this and then perimenopause happens or menopause happens and that throws everything out of whack again and then it's like okay why am I not feeling good anymore what why am I not sleeping anymore and everything changes is that like a massive thing that you see for high performance women yeah huge I mean I feel like the perimenopause and menopause is such a Oh, it just sucks, right? Because you think you've got your life sorted, you know yourself, you know your body, you know what works for you, and then all of a sudden, boom, you have to start again. And I think that's it. I think it's starting again and figuring out now what's going to work for you. And it does. It massively impacts, obviously, um, people in business, high-performing females. It just, it, it's a lot, it feels like starting again, but it has to be done. Yeah, it does have to be done. And you can, there are ways to manage things, lots of different ways. I've had lots of friends tell me, oh, I did this and it completely changed everything where they were really suffering before. And whether that's HRT or whether it's different types of lifestyle management, it it helped them. I think everyone sort of needs a GP just in their pocket all the time. Yeah. I feel like I get to ask you questions all day. <laughs> You know, one thing is since I started really fit, because I'm not an A-star student in any of this by any means, I fall over every hurdle. I just, I sometimes don't practice what I preach. But once I've started getting really serious about these lifestyle factors, 
I've been able to reduce my own HRT doses massively to a quarter of what I was on. So I would always, for anyone suffering from perimenopause, menopause, go to lifestyle first and then add in HRT if you need it. Yeah, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you try it? You may as well try it. This has been a really good chat. I'm probably going to get you on again just to ask you all a million other health questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm somebody with health anxiety, so I'm constantly needing reassurance on health. But thank you for being here. If people want to get in touch and work with you for on their own high performance, they know they're at that next level. They know they're not making the most of, of what they should be doing with their health. Where is the best place for them to find you? Um, they can either find me on social media, so I'm on Instagram at drrosiekahn.health or drop me an email at rosie at drrosiekahn.com. Brilliant. Thanks for being here today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're on your own health journey, I'd love to hear from you um, in that strategy group. It's really important that we share all the information that we find out when it comes to health. Some of the times when I've been at my you know, most unhealthiest with autoimmune and that kind of thing, I found out what's been wrong with me through Facebook groups of other people that are going through the same thing. And so I think sharing of information is one of the best things we can do. So let's start doing it. But thanks for listening today. I'll be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, Go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.